Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park It is August 21st, 2019. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly at Home Before Dark podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Now that's done. Yeah, now that's done. Your work's <laughs> over. You can go. See you, you guys later. Yeah. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in on this lovely Wednesday. It's weird. We haven't recorded on a Wednesday in like two years, probably. Yeah, it's been a while. This um, used to be the regular night. Yeah, it did. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you guys hit the subscribe button, notification bell icon, smash that like button. Make sure that you guys get notified whenever we go live. Um, so you can join the trap like all these fine folks right here who are having a ball uh, chatting before we got got recording. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes, podcast, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, whatever, leave us a rating. And oh, a yeah, review. we got a bunch of those to read yeah. tonight. Leave we'll us a rating and or review, and we'll read it live on the show, which, uh, as Kevin alluded to, we'll read later tonight. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, across from me. We're being joined by one of the mouths of the South. That's me. Josh Bagranski. I'm one of them. That's me. Mike, good to be with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming over. It's been a yeah. long time like in the making. We've been trying to get this going for a the while. The last time I was here, Kevin was still hyping up Ollie Shannon as like MLS Rookie of the Year candidate Ooh. in one of the all-time worst podcast was, takes was, of all time. I was never proven wrong. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't really get a chance. He never put so. a foot wrong. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, show it, me where he messed up, really, <laughs> and then I, and then I'll and I'll concede defeat. But, fair, um, fair enough. There was one fateful night on Snapchat that really did him in. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can all thank Ollie Shannon. That's true for the events that transpired Do- after MLS documentation Cup. of the Magic You're City. You're all uh, welcome. That's so true. I, I was proven right after all. Fair enough. If you really think about no, it. No, I actually, I, I, I take it all back. <laughs> Without him, we wouldn't know about that. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true, yeah. I think he was released the next day, if I'm not mistaken. That's the Clemson in him. <laughs> there would be far... <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very Clemson. <laughs> there would be far fewer butt cheeks having been pressed against that cup. That we know him. about. That we know of, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, so if you don't know fewer, about the butt cheeks... Do you think yeah. that happened before or after Darren laid in bed with it? <laughs> <laughs> you would hope after, right? Ooh, yeah. I, <laughs> like, that would be hilarious. Wait, if, no, if, I, I was, if all I'm of hoping. a sudden you kind of like 
do the Liam Neeson math on it to find out like the series of events, what when the picture was taken by Darren Eels in the hotel bed with the trophy versus when Magic City events transpired. Yeah, and- I did That's not it. consider that before. That is scary stuff. That is that is a good point. Josh, everybody everybody in the trap is pretty much saying uh you need like Ellie Beaven saying you, you need to get Eric a world cruise. Right, right. Yeah, you got to keep yeah. Eric uh Eric Quintana with the co-host Mouse of the South. There is a we. I think it's pretty clear that he is a pox on Atlanta United from day one this year. Yeah, absolutely. And he magically leaves the country, goes home to see his family, and uh, we got a trophy. We beat Portland on the road. Yeah. So you know, uh, it's funny because we released a podcast this week, and the audio quality is terrible because Eric's not there. But I'll take a trophy in bad quality on our on our podcast. Yeah. You know, with Eric out of the country, so it's yeah. funny that people have really latched on to this branding of him. I mean, just he's getting killed on yeah. Twitter, and well, you know, it, I, I mean, mean, it's he deserves much it. Deserved, yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Don't get me wrong, but it is it's great. I feel like each year there's a trope of him, some sort of caricature on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like he, he like he spoke ill of Tito in year yep, one, yep, and that just yep. never died out. Yeah, it's true. And I think Barco maybe last year. And, too? and he also stated that he was ninety nine percent sure that Tata Martino would stay. Oh, um, God. So he, I told him he hopefully learned yeah. from yeah, that and, experience. And you're criticizing my bad takes. On <laughs> I Ali never Shannon? said you were smarter than Anna. <laughs> I, 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 I never said Eric was smarter than you. I didn't say that. <laughs> we didn't get. It. <laughs> no one would be so foolish. <laughs> And you guys love Eric. We, I love Eric. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Eric's but, a good uh, dude. It's not, you know, he happens to be killing our club. And that's, you know, yeah. we can still like him, but, you know, we've got to do something oh, about this. The lovable dictator. Yeah. <laughs> we tolerate him. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. I still think one of my favorite Eric moments was not even not even Eric, but the the podcast wars that sparked. I mean, last year was peak podcast wars. It, really it's, was. It's, it comes back from time to time. But the first big wave, and I think it was uh, our buddy Kendrick Brock who did the the um, the Hitler broadcast mm-hmm. of like calling everybody in from Mouths of the South about nope, all the different podcast that. shows yep. and yep. Eric is Hitler. Oh my God, so good! <laughs> that was that so was good. really good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was peak. It He's was... just going. Wait, I'm I... Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you could just kind of hear the gear, the gears turning in his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, mean, pretty great. Yeah, and he, picking on Eric is just—I mean, it's just wonderful. I mean, he's just always takes the bait. He all easy mean, target. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so easy target. Yeah. He takes it really well. Though, yeah. Top at lad. The, at the yeah, end of the day. Sure, yeah. Sure. He definitely does. Oh, how are you guys feeling tonight? Good. Good. I mean, what what is there to feel bad about? Am I over the moon? Absolutely confident that Atlanta locks up first place. Not necessarily, but that doesn't mean that I have anything to feel negative about as we enter the final stretch of the season. There are you you had mentioned or Josh had mentioned right whenever we had started that there are some MLS games going on right now. Yeah. Um, NYC's playing currently leading Columbus at half one nil, and uh, Red Bulls are leading DC after a red card. Or I don't know if the goal was scored prior to or following the red card to Rooney for trying to assassinate someone with oh, a forearm to the neck inside wow. the box. Yeah, on a corner kick. He's ready to Assassin- go to Darby. Depacketating? Did yeah. he depacketate him? Yeah. Yeah. He depacketated Knocked his head all the way off. <laughs> Knocked his cl- head clean off. Uh, yeah, NYCFC just beat Columbus one nothing. Okay. Yeah, that's unfortunate for us because of the whole games in hand situation. Yeah. I think that's probably the team to be worried about more so than Philadelphia. Of course, you play Philadelphia pretty much a six-pointer next weekend, but... Uh, NYCFC is the team that worries me, I think, in terms of who's going to get the one spot in the East. If you look at it right now, I'm kind of with you, Kevin. Like, 
got to feel good about what you've seen the last few weeks and how much it looks like last year where you were the best team in the league, a little less the conference. So, But if I look at it, I think Philadelphia, I mean, um, not a ton of experience being in this situation before. I would expect New York to be the team that challenges for the for the one seed in the uh, East. Yeah, I think so, too. One thing that we have in our favor with New York City is their playoff record over the yeah. past few years. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty abysmal. It is interesting, though, that they lose Patrick Vieira. They lose David Villa. Um, who else? They lost somebody else, too. Yanjo uh, so- Herrera through yeah. the middle. That was a big one. Yeah. And they're better than they were last year. Yeah. I, they're just a more well-rounded team. There's not a whole lot of focus on a single player like maybe there was with David Villa. And... They're they're getting goals from Castellanos, the the little bald guy, the little Brazilian bald guy. What's is his it name? Air Bear? Is Air Bear? That is, yeah, how you yeah. Pronounce. I think he's one of the most underrated signings of the offseason. He's yeah. been a great, great number nine for them. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, he looks like Dobie from uh, <laughs> from Harry Potter. What is it Dobie? Dobie? You mean Dobie? Dobie. No, I know it's yeah. <laughs> or Dobie, <laughs> like a Doberman Pinscher. Like he looks like a Dobie. No, he looks like Ben Kingsley in. I you were talking about Photoshop for a second. <laughs> it's like, you know, whatever. Adobe. Whatever Harry Potter's doing graphic design in Adobe Suite. Yeah, exactly. Getting, doing all those invites for graduation. No Good. wonder you told me I didn't have to prepare for the show tonight. <laughs> I was like, what should I prep for? The content makes sense. And itself, Tim really. just like laughed at me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you never? I, I mean, I just wanted to be been, polite. You've been you involved know? enough. You guys know your shit. I mean, it's not like... Anyways, it was good to know. We, we, we have our place. We, like, I feel like over the past couple of years, I think each one of the podcasts has kind of steered in their own lane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We know where we belong. <laughs> well, you got a brand, right? You got a yeah. brand. And, yeah, of course. That's it. That's it. Um, so, how are you? So, you actually did release an article recently on Dirty South Soccer about mm-hmm. um, essentially what the 352 really being a 343 type yeah. situation. Yeah. And um, you understand those tactics a lot better than us. I mean, what how how are you feeling about how this team has adapted to that? Who who is more responsible for that? Like what is it like a push and pull, like a meet me in the middle type That's of situation? That's the question, right? I mean, I think it's funny, and as usual, the people are comp- the two extremes with no one realizing the answer is somewhere in between. You've got one group of people saying they're just a mirror image of what they did last year. They he just said, okay, just 2018 tactics. I'm done coaching. You know, that's what DeBoer didn't do that, and he also you know um, then the other side of it is that DeBoer is this genius who made this tactical change when yeah. we've kind of seen the system yeah. before so they you know there's always the devil's in the details i give i think push and pull is, is a kind of a good way to put it i mean clearly they've met in the middle and one of the things i wrote in that article was that yes it's looks similar to last year where it's more aggressive you're attacking more vertically and of course you should be doing that yeah. with, with the personnel you have but some of the positional interchange particularly with barco and pt uh and ba- without getting too far into the weeds, the main thing the article covers. Do you need a whiteboard? Yeah, right. Can we just get a board out here to just watch your viewer count just drop? I didn't I have that idea of like getting around. getting like a touch screen and then like being able to stream that to part of the screen. Yeah, and we're not doing do that. that. Yeah, I'm just hey, gonna be doing MS would, Paint yeah, the entire time. I would be all over that. I feel like most people would be bored. But I, the, the, the the main gist of it is that in attack in the three five two. Barco, who's playing as your highest center midfielder, turns into a left winger, and Pitti, who's playing underneath to us for Martinez, turns into a right winger. And that's where that 3-4-3 three, three yeah. comes from that you guys are talking about, which is what Frank DeBoer started the season off yeah. with. So clearly you've got a mix, and that's the main thing the, the, the piece is about. And it's just about that one specific part of it. There are a lot of other components you can look at, but you have a mix of Frank DeBoer's kind of style with 
the, the, the fast-paced Atlanta United we saw in 2018. And then what you've seen from that is the ability to attack fast, those things we've gotten used to. But you're also seeing Atlanta United still able to win the possession battle, slow down the tempo when they need. And so now I think it's a little bit more of both. Whereas last year it was just sit and counter or play direct. You know, if you had possession, it was just a correlational effect yeah. of playing aggressive and pressing. And you had a player like Miguel Miron who could basically make any tactic work. Now you're seeing, I think, a little more structure to it this season. I think it was, it's been tough and and to play into this concept that you mentioned, rightfully so, that everybody kind of thinks it's on one side of the spectrum right. or the That's other, always, where right. it's like, yeah. oh, uh, he he's just reverted back completely right. to a Tata system, yeah. or that he's he's all of a sudden just created something completely new or whatever. Um, I will say that the stark contrast happened just a couple of, I think it was maybe the Orlando game or the game after that, where there was a stark difference in the offensive approach to mm-hmm. the game. And I think it was probably right around the time that Barco got healthy, yeah. where it, yeah. the team looked completely different. And I said, and I had to kind of think to myself, have we reverted back to this quick counter offensive mm-hmm. strategy because it was so different to the possession based tactics that were being mm-hmm. employed before it wasn't really until this Portland game and specifically the possession in the backfield, which has always been lacking in the short history of Atlanta United over the past couple of years um, where it's been clear it out, mm-hmm. play a fastball out of the back line and hit on a counter. Now to your point, it is this hybridized approach where Atlanta is comfortable enough in the backfield, whether it's Miles Robinson feeling completely confident to take a player on -on one-on-one and then distribute the ball out, or fucking Justin Miram in that Portland game coming back there and dribbling around players inside the six-yard box like there's nothing. Like he's on the opposite end of the field. It's like I was playing FIFA. (laughs) It was was ridiculous. Yeah, he's just begging to get that deflected (laughs) or to get that that taken away. But And then another guy, too, that allows that, that shift to take place in the middle of the games, I think it's probably the most underrated player in MLS and Darlington. Nagy. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause he can play at you. You see his pace, Absolutely. like his, that's one thing I think gets taken for granted is how fast he is. Like he's quick, but he's also like his ability to sprint back and his ability to sprint forward with the ball at his feet. I think he can, we go ha- as he goes and he's been outstanding the past couple of weeks. And I think he's controlled the tempo of the yeah. game. He's been able to, uh, I don't know if man marking is not necessarily the right the the right call there, but being able to track down Blanco in uh, in attack and I, I don't know I, I th- the Portland again, game was the goes. game I was most concerned about because of the way that they played against the Galaxy and the way that Atlanta gets exposed is by teams like Portland playing the ball past our black past our back line. And then having to have defenders track back one on one and exposing those holes. Somehow Atlanta United was able to recover consistently with Miles Robinson or whoever else on the back line to keep those exposures to a minimum and then recover. Sometimes it ends up resulting in Brad Guzan having to make a standout save where he comes to the top of the 18 and has to slide on somebody one on one. But more times than not, if we can keep that to a minimum, we can win the XG race and conceivably yeah. end up with a with a proper. Result. And I think you're seeing, uh, you know, Frank DeBoer accepting that in this new kind of look that you're going to have those situations where you are a little more open. So you're going to get in one v one situations in the back. You're going to get caught out at times and you just have to rely on your defenders to do well one v one. 
And that's where Miles Robinson comes in yep. because I think particularly with the decline, somewhat decline in form we've seen from Michael Parkhurst, you know, you put a guy like Robinson in there with incredible recovery speed who can, you know, and he's, he's done so well 1v1, and it's almost like you can get away with playing a player like Nagby who, like you said, Tim, the question with him when he came in was, well, can you put him next to another holding midfielder because he's not a great tackler and he's done a pretty decent job. But at the same time, you have to kind of accept with the way you're set up that you're going to be exposed at times. And I think Miles Robinson just being able to put out fires in the back over and over and over again uh, is what has enabled Atlanta United to go forward and feel comfortable with the fact they might be a little bit exposed with those three just sitting back all on their own, particularly when you're playing Miram and Gressel as wingbacks. And you saw that against Portland, and, and like you said, Kevin, you, you win the XG battle, which I think makes a big difference in a game that was wide open. Both teams looked dangerous at times. It was great to watch, and yet Atlanta creates two times the amount of chances right. just because they're defending so much better in 1v1 situations. Well, it's also, the 1v1 defending depends on that three-back to have someone, as just as much as you talk about a holding mm-hmm. midfield, you need to have a, a holding back line that allows yeah. some overlap defensively. And so you see defenders almost taking that rather than just charging, except for Miles Robinson in the center. Typically mm-hmm. on the wings, if there's, if there's a breakaway play, you see defenders just trying to contain yeah. so that they have somebody there established as an overlap, whether it's Miram tracking back or Nagby covering or Gressel coming back on right side. I've noticed that a lot more, which seems to be in line with what Frank wants to do with having that second line of defense there. Yeah, I agree. And then having someone to play off of if the ball gets turned over to play that possession battle. And I think that's a direct representation of something the team has improved on within this this season and doing more so of De, what DeBoer wants to do because even going early, looking back early on look back to like Erdiano and those early CCL matches you were seeing those back three get attacked like that and step early exactly. and constantly they're getting in behind you exactly. so so that's that's a good example of where the team has adjusted to what DeBoer wants as well as like we said he's adjusted to more of the way they want to play as well I've seen a um, well Octavio Mingura in the in the trap was saying I feel like our back line is what do you say it's more fierce than it was last year hmm. um it just seems he more said, confident. Think, yeah. It seems much more controlled. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think – and I was saying this early on in the season too where we may have not been playing up to our uh, potential or playing up to what we did last year, but I felt more consi- – like I felt like I knew what to expect we were, from game to game. We were creating the, the, the building blocks to what Which we is what he always to do. That's what he talked about in the beginning of the right. season coming in was – Starting from defense, right, and and creating that identity. And one thing I will say, so Miles Robinson, absolutely, like classic center back, non not a new age contemporary ball playing John Stones type center back. He's he's there to, as you say, put out fires. Yeah. But I will say, his ability, like I've seen, his progression is very quick, uh, or his. Um, He's gotten a lot better recently in his distribution. Like, oh, uh, yeah. there, there yeah. was one or two mm-hmm. tackles that he made yeah. against Portland where he put out the fire and immediately pushed the ball uh, to either Nagby or Barco yeah. or somebody right in the center of the pitch. And it was like that. If that's a glimpse of what he is going to be, like, I. Well, it's not even just distribution, it's his ability to move with the ball into the midfield to pull those midfielders to him to open up lanes to Nagby and stuff to distribute too, which yeah. is. Not something that we had seen. It. We saw LGP do it from time to time and then get tied up. But to see Miles Robinson step up in that way is creating. I mean, there's. I've seen a lot of videos over the past week or so just showing him do exactly that and stepping into that space 
in the central midfield to then play it out to yeah. Nagby or whoever else. And that's such a big part of attacking direct is when you do win the ball in the back, usually that means the other team is committed forward. So you've got to hit that pass and go vertical yeah. right away. And that's something we know Perez is great at. Parkhurst is, is great at. Uh, Escobar pretty good at yeah. it. With with Robinson, it was early on this season even was good tackler, good recovery speed, maybe a little shaky on the ball. And even if he can just be an average distributor out of the back with the amount of tackles that he wins and with the amount of times he wins the ball back, that becomes an attacking weapon too going back to front. Yeah. Dude, his anticipation is another thing yeah. that I think stands out really well. I mean, I have not seen him jump um, – Early on any headers, any any fifty fifty balls that are coming. He got burned once in Portland. Not on the not on a fifty fifty, but he took an early slide and got cut pretty Oh yeah, pretty he bad. got chopped up. Yeah, 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 yeah. he yeah. got cut pretty bad in the midfield. Yeah. He, he got caught a little too far forward and they I forget who it was that cut him, but I was like, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just feel like any direct balls that are played over the top that are near him, yeah. I, I feel like immediately he's gonna chest or yeah. head down and he's gonna get it out. Without any sort of uh, ill consequence, and just seeing the way that he's able to to play body control and and size management in a one on one, and use his hands and be physical without being overly aggressive and drawing a penalty or something like that, has been really really fun to watch. Do we too. have to worry about him getting the Miazga treatment and going overseas next year? He's been really good. I don't know if it'd be right away next year, but he's been really if really good. If he does this I mean, two years in a row, I, I don't think we keep him next year. To your point, I don't know if it's. I guess it depends on how deep Atlanta goes in the I mean, playoffs. He's young, but he's twenty-two. He's twenty. He might be even older. I'm not sure. Yeah, but but he, and the other thing with him that I think makes him appealing is his his wages are relatively low. Yeah. So if you wanted to come get him from overseas, you don't have to give him a huge pay raise to bring him in. So yeah, he's not Aaron Long. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I would like to see him get a yeah. A, he's twenty-two a, years old. I'd like to see him get a sniff from. Uh, from Burhalter, I mean, I think he deserves yeah, a absolutely. chance to play for well, the I mean, US he, national team. He got called up to the provisional roster yeah. for the Gold Cup, and I think I think that was a, probably a big boost to him too, because he's you know college kid that what, what played with the U twenties and ended up playing with uh, what do you play in the U twenty threes, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great to see him get called up. Nagby needs a call up though. Oh, God. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's it baffles me that Michael Bradley continues to get called up, but Nagby can't get a sniff. Well, yeah. it's probably because of Michael Parkhurst and Will Bowron's point about what Parkhurst has been doing off the pitch is turning into our very own new Bobby Bye-bye. Boswell 2.0. Him trolling Nagby after Nagby got cut up by that Club America player last yeah. week. He also yeah. got on, on him after a bad shot from outside the box <laughs> earlier in the year. <laughs> Oh, you got to do something when you're not out there uh, playing. It's yeah. crazy, Nagby, though. I mean, I feel like this is the first time that he's been used in the position where he excels the most in like a consistent basis. I mean, we've seen, including the U.S. men's national team and in Portland, him try to be turned into a 10. We've seen him try to be turned into kind of an 11 or a 7 and play out wide. But the guy is clearly like a, a box-to-box player he can, that can complete yeah. passes and get out of tight spaces. And it just surprises me that whether it be from the Portland perspective when he was there or whether it be uh, from the U.S. men's national team's perspective that not only th- that, that he wasn't used properly. And it just yeah. surprised me that not only has he not gotten the, maybe the chances he deserves at the international level, but he's not been put in the positions that he, that he plays best at. And, yeah, I, and I feel like he's just been completely misused as a player throughout his career. Doesn't that, in that, doesn't that beg the question of whether or not he should go back to Columbus? I mean, if he goes, right. if he wants to go back to Columbus to go play under Caleb Porter again, who deployed him in the wrong, a uh, wrong position for yeah. years in Portland, 
I, mean, I don't understand it either. It's nostalgia, I guess. Caleb or... Porter did say a couple times, he was like, well, you know, with our personnel, we have to move him here. So maybe, maybe he understands that Nagby is more of an eight and his hand was more forced when he was his coach in Portland. I don't know. I, I don't know. I... Why would you want to go to Columbus anyway? But Yeah, no, I don't yeah. know either. Yeah. Go and play in front of uh, 16 fans. Yeah. And, uh, right. Sounds yeah, awesome. I, I'm glad we saved those guys. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, there were, there were nervous. <laughs> That's I love how it was all save the crew and now it's all like why did we do that like yeah. now it is of course everybody's like including myself I, I wasn't all on the save the crew bandwagon but for me I was always baffled like I was baffled by the whole Austin thing because the Austin Aztecs obviously didn't work they went to Orlando right, right. they went to, um but they sold out their season tickets right like within hours I'm sure like did did Nashville as well oh that I don't know so there was a bunch I mean Austin is like a kind of millennial, younger. I mean, there is an, some of the MLS market uh, to that city. What's yeah. crazy about it was they just had never been involved in the expansion talk before, and then suddenly yeah. suddenly they got a team. Did you so, guys get screwed with getting those Nashville tickets, too? Do you guys get the emails all the time from them now, from the yeah. preseason game <laughs> oh, last year? Oh, you don't? I, I get a fucking After email from them. After standing in the them. rain oh, in that I baseball field. I get an email field. from them like every other week. So Nashville FC tickets on sale. It's just like, stop. So do I. Leave me alone. So do I. Yeah. That was the Orlando tickets. After we had we had applied for a media credential down in Orlando. <laughs> That's right. And we ended up on their mailing list. Oh, and man. it was just like. That's right. We just emailed them back like, I don't think you're sp- you should be sending this no, to us. Like no. we're not. Have you guys been getting the emails about Falcons season tickets that go out to all the Atlanta no. United seasons? I've been having on that. Oh, I've been getting KSU tickets, like KSU, oh, uh, like football <sighs> tickets and all that. Like what? I haven't even gone. I didn't even go to an. Yeah, I don't know. United I yet. guess I don't know if I'm the only one. If anyone in the trap's getting them too, but I'm getting emails all the time. Like I can give you Falcon season tickets, and then you see the price, and it's just like. Like clearly, this is not the you know demographic my favorite part you should be about looking it? at. My favorite part about Atlanta United season tickets: you don't have to pay a PSL, right? And, and, and the, well, your your ticket, the, the PSL cost the season ticket for Atlanta oh, United. Yeah, no more than that, I would yeah. say. Yeah, you, that's club tickets. Um, yeah, yeah, true. Um, Brittany asks, "I am very disappointed. You're late. I know we were late, but you're you're way late, and that's just <laughs> not that's just not what I like to see." Yeah. Um, <laughs> Disappointed. So the Portland game was pretty nervy at times. We got very lucky that Brian Fernandez did not have a good game against us. It was that one game this year that was way too late. I watched the first half. Heard, I stayed heard, up. I couldn't do the second half. I stayed half. up. I, I got through. I got. I, I started the second half. I was like, I can do this. I can power through. And then once Joseph scored that fucking banger in the second half to open it up, I was like, ah, I can okay. rest easy. What was, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if uh, ATL Greg was giving me shit for So I posted that. I was like, can you play a better ball than what Gressel just yeah. did? And he's like, I'm glad that you focused on the more impressive part about that. I couldn't tell if he's being sarcastic. What hmm. was more impressive to you? Joseph's finish or Gressel's no, That's a pass? great question. Ooh. In the trap, what was more impressive? Gressel's vision to find Joseph on that, including, jo- I'll include Joseph's run in that. Or Joseph's ability to play it, you know, top corner. I think so quickly on a dime. I think I would go Joseph just because I. We've seen Gressel play that ball a million times. I mean, it's still very difficult, but the, the yeah. Joseph's finish was such a unique, like where it looked like he was going to chip, and but I thought his setup touch kept the ball too close to him, so then he finesses it into the upper and corner. Then, well, he also in his. I think I I lean towards Joseph as well, just because of his post game interview where he. As a viewer, you could recognize the fact that the keeper was positioning himself to play the ball to mm-hmm. the right, and Joseph shot it to the left. Yeah. And for not only for him to set up, but also recognize that the keeper was leaning to that direction to put it in the opposite corner in a narrow window. 
I lean towards Joseph being obviously the beneficiary of the better of those so, two. So, mm-hmm. uh, Grego for the culture, our buddy who was on with us last week, says the pass. Uh, Domer says Gressel. Will Balron says the pass. Coach Steve says Joseph. Um, it's a it's a great question, honestly. It really yeah. is. I mean, no- normally you would go with Gressel, but the uniqueness of the finish and the way he kind of had to make that decision at the last second to kind of go for more yeah. power. Because I thought he was going to chip the ball. Right. And when he first hit it with kind of pace, I was yeah. like, that's going 20 yeah. rows over the goal. And, and then suddenly you see the net bulging. Oh, and, and then you realize yeah. it was it was Joseph he, he and not Pitty. <laughs> and so he could put it on frame and, and oh, anywhere boy. near the 18. So, well, uh, yeah. Enjoy your next you know 24 hours was... on Twitter, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just going it. after PT. I'm used to it. <laughs> The trains. Yeah, the trains are exactly. Coming. Come on, there are many trains well, out there. Now you got herpes. <laughs> trains with a Z. Yeah, herpes with a Z. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so, yeah, to that same point, you know, if if Joseph had run inside the 18 and just beat the keeper in a one-on-one, I would say absolutely Gressel. But, again, for him to take that shot – with the timing and pace that he did in the position that he did to have the heads up awareness, to recognize the fact that yeah, the keeper exactly. was cheating one direction and to put it in that upper right 90 is, is pretty I great. think if it was just a regular chip or even a regular shot with pace, you'd go with Gressel. But since he had to make that decision at the last, very last moment, because of the way that I he, think you guys have touch convinced was. me, uh, you know, I was all in that Gressel. Oh, good, good for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, good job, man. Somebody, somebody in the comments, <laughs> somebody in the comments was saying, um, it was impressive too that PD and Barca were able to pull the center backs off of Joseph on that run too. Agreed. And mm-hmm. Kevin Brown said uh, Joseph's run, which I said yeah. was included in Gressel's pass. I'm, so. I'm glad that Greg picked up on what I wanted. I wanted to tweet something about it, but I figured everybody else was thinking same thing. Portland loves PTFC. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think of the yeah. entire game. No, until, until those chants ended, and all you could hear was Atlanta United. That was impressive. That's one thing I will say. The the traveling supporters. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Being able to hear um, the sha-la-la-la at the end of the game over the Portland supporters. It's pretty great. You know, the massive 25,000-person crowd that seemed to have a lot of empty seats. And Yeah, well. I don't, what do you make well, yeah. of PD's form right now? I think that he is coming into his own. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, the, the biggest issues that I see in this Atlanta team right now, because I think that there are issues to be made is the back line. If it gets exposed with a long pass or something like that, I think it's inconsistent and you're relying in some one-off playmaking ability in a one-on-one positional awareness of miles Robinson or a challenge at the top of the 18 with Brad Guzan. We already talked about that. I think they can remedy that by winning the shots on goal battle, everything else and, and doing some of the overlapping things in space with the defensive backs. But Pity Martinez has I, I don't know how you remedy his shot placement in or around the 18. I feel like mm. he's more accurate the further away from goal he gets. Anywhere near the 18 yard box, he is putting it in the upper tier of the stadium wherever he's playing. He at. had a shot on target on Sunday, didn't he? The free kick? He had two inside the 18 yard box that were not on target. Yeah, yeah, I think he did true. have a lo- the free yeah. kick. Yeah. The free kick, absolutely. Yeah, because he's got time to. I feel like that's. I want Frank DeBoer to have pity taking shots on a run. I feel like he's perfectly fine and capable in a free kick scenario, but Pity Martinez on the run at the top or inside the 18 yard box is wildly inaccurate. 
I mean, he's all over yeah. the place. I think his positional awareness and ability to distribute is hit or miss, but it's more on the hit side than it maybe was in weeks past. But you need him to be able to put a shot on frame. Like you need somebody besides Joseph Martinez yeah. to score goals and or a defender that ends up being able to pick up a, a scrap goal like LGP did or uh, Miles Robinson did on a header goal a couple of weeks ago or, or whatever. Like Barco or Pitti need to be Barco needs to be back to uh, that's another thing is like Barco hasn't been taking as many shots as he was before the international break where we saw him take that take that run at the top of the 18, cut it back to his right, and just take that shot. And now he's kind of holding on to it a little bit too long. You want to see him maybe take a shot here or there. Pity Martinez is taking shots, but they're wildly off target. Mm. Joseph, again, is, is seems to be the only person actually creating opportunities. And luckily, he's capitalizing on them. But I'm, I'm hoping that's what we see down the stretch and what we're going to need in playoffs because teams and defenders are going to realize sooner rather than later that what – we've been expecting or relying on somebody other than Joseph Martinez to draw the attention right. of defenders so that they're a lethal threat in scoring chances isn't really a threat. So they're only going to focus on Joseph Martinez and shut down our offense completely. I think that's a know? little unfair though, because if you leave PD open, that leaves him to less pressure to distribute too. I mean, the way that he's been able to operate with just, or Justin Miram at times too, has been pretty impressive. I, I'm not saying you let him run the full, the full field. But what I mean is I, I don't think defenders are going to double team him as much. Once he gets near the 18 yard box, as much as they're going to depend on double teaming Joseph Martinez, because he's going to be the bigger threat as it relates to goal scoring opportunities and allow pity to try to make a distribution, but you've got the player that's going to actually make a shot or score a goal double teamed. You know what I, I think happens? Gress will start scoring more. I don't know. From right wing back, though, is, is difficult. It, is, to get it really out. is. It really is. I think that's a big part um, in terms of, you know, who is going to replace the goals that left with Almiron. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously you still have Joseph scoring for fun. I mean, dude's incredible. Um, but you even saw it against Portland where Bar the, even the Pires goal comes from Joseph getting in front Absolutely. of his defender. And then Barco and PT both have a couple chances they don't finish. So I do think that could become an issue. I mean, of course, at the same time, it's like, who knows? Joseph might just keep scoring every and, and match. Fine. Absolutely. But, I mean, at the same time, last year you had another guy in Almiron, and to some extent Gressel, uh, who could pick up the goal-scoring slack when needed. And I think Barco's been good, PT's been better, but I still would like to see from both of them that final touch and ability to be clinical around the goal. Because like you said, Kevin, those are going to be the guys that are going to get into space and get and get chances, and, and they need to – to finish better to draw defenders away from Joseph. I mean, to that point, you know, I think, and I'm, I'm completely just on a whim here because I haven't looked this up or validated it, but I'm pretty sure Barco has just as many, if not more goals than Pitti Martinez does with half the games played for Atlanta United this season, which okay. is, that, that, which uh, is saying. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if clearly, I mean, his, his goals per 90 are at, at the very least way higher. Yeah. I think he scored more goals too. The thing with PT is, 
so I mean, I do kind of agree with you, Tim. He's coming into his like he's he's playing way better and the most positive Absolutely. thing for I'm me. Not, I'm not taking away from that at all. Like he's a couple miles an hour faster the past couple games. I feel his like endurance than he was. seems it, to be a lot more different. substantial and too. I, and I usually hate that type of oh he looks more lively because it's just kind yeah. of what you say about someone when yeah. they're in better form. But it, in this case, it's totally true. Absolutely. It just looks different. Absolutely. And the big thing is, yeah, he's maybe he's not converting those opportunities, but he's getting them now. Yeah. He's getting on the ball in dangerous areas. So it is a step in the right direction. And like you said, Kevin, you need, you need to see a little more consistent play from him in the final third, and then I think you're where you need to be. Now, let me pose this question to you because I also don't watch much or any. Brian, Brian, Brian has two good points. Sorry, I just wanted to cut. Yeah, no, he said, uh, obviously, Jeff is going to pick up the slack after that amazing goal against <laughs> That's a good point. Campionis. And he's I mean, been Campionis big the last few fixtures. Uh, yeah, and he's been great. And then uh, he also said, Barco has one more goal and 10 less appearances. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So to that point, I think that you also have to look at what a lot of these South American players, their transition the first year in MLS. I think a lot of players coming from South America have a lot of preconceived notions about what MLS is and what the officiating maybe calls or doesn't call in South American play from my knowledge, which is why you see players like Yamil Asad or Barco, or now Pitti Martinez, trying to, quote-unquote, draw fouls and not getting them and quickly realizing that the MLS is a far more talented and more physical league than maybe mm-hmm. their preconceived notions of it were. And it takes them about a year to recognize and transition into that. Absolutely. And I think we're starting to see that with Pitti. He seems much more match-fit, at least now, where he doesn't seem like he's just given up at the 65-minute yeah. mark and, anymore. And just the way the league is officiated is different, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. a very physical league. I mean, I'm pretty critical of this style of officiating, but it is what it is. You know, at this point, I think MLS, in, in its evolution, the officials do kind of favor more physical play and don't tend to protect more technical, technical creative players. We won't go down that rabbit hole because I think that's a terrible thing for the league and growing the game. But PT has adjusted to that because that's totally different in South America where, you know, that type of play is more favored by officials. And he has adjusted to that and an understanding of when to go down and, and when not. And even against Portland, you still see it's a struggle for him because I thought the official was terrible. Well, Armando to that point, what, what are both but, of your uh, points or thoughts on that PK what, or he, lack thereof? Oh I, can't, I can't believe Go ahead. I, I'll collect it's, my thoughts. It, sh- I can it should it. have been a, both a sending off and a penalty. Yeah. I mean, I that, don't know about sending off because he did technically make a play on the ball. So that would be a yellow card since it's in the box. And how I've much read. of that is based or predicated on Pity Martinez's play and uh, like sort of the precedent that he sets through his style of play and easy uh, willingness to go down early on the lack of calls by yeah, the officials as a result of that. Like it should have been reviewed. I think it actually was. It's still they no looked call. at. It. I mean, that, well, that's what's frustrating, right? It's like in real time is one thing. Yeah. But if you get to see the fucking replay, it doesn't Absolutely. matter what his reputation Absolutely. is. <laughs> he Absolutely. Got and that's the point. And yeah. that's two weeks in a row where he's won a penalty in the box. And the, the big thing is I look at the – I look almost more so at the penalty uh, two weeks ago where, where he uh, – at the end of the uh, Galaxy mm-hmm. match, it, it, he won the penalty. You know, like that's a skill where he gets yes. the defender leaning yeah. the wrong way. Oh, he, yeah. Yeah, maybe he went down a little easily, but he forces the defender yeah. into a mistimed challenge and – MLS officials need to get a better understanding of well, especially if they're going to come out afterwards and say, "Yeah, that should have been yeah. a penalty." What the fuck are you talking about after the fact? Like, yeah, what's the point it's of having an official on the field if you're going to come out after the fact? If anything, I'd rather the solidarity and them just 
like take ownership with the call and say, yeah, no, that shouldn't have been a penalty then well, to admit fault in yeah, that right. because why do you have these officials on the field? It looks very bad if you're able to look at the replay. Right. And then still like, admit not only did the, the, the official not make the call, the the review of it didn't make a call, but then after the fact to come out and say that there should have been a call, that's a triple check along the yeah. line. That should, that should not be the case. Is it, is it ironic or I, I actually don't even know the right word for it. Armando Villarreal is one of three FIFA referees mm-hmm. that referee pro or whatever. He's MLS doing games. VAR at the U17 world cup later this year. Yeah. So he's a, he's a pretty high up. Ref. It's like he, Jair Marufo and, Mark Geiger, or like the three, Geiger, the goat. Yeah, the three FIFA referees, and I think Armando Villarreal had one of the worst matches I've seen of a yeah. referee. And again, it goes to show because he was consistently refing the game in a way that favored physical play. Portland had seventeen foul, eighteen fouls in that game, and one yellow card. Yeah, they had eleven fouls in the first half and one yellow card. And one thing I'd like to see more is, you know, you can call persistent infringement against a team. That's something a lot of people don't know. So if 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 Barco gets fouled four times by four different players. Because it's targeting at that point, Exactly. Right? You yeah. can yeah. still call, card the fourth guy right. for persistent infringement, even though he hasn't fa- – it's not him specifically yeah. Yeah. who's fouling four times. And I don't blame Portland for playing physical and targeting Barco and PT, but the referee at some point has to be able to curtail that type yeah. of play. And uh, it was great for Atlanta United to you know get through that. Yeah. But, I mean, it was it's frustrating to see your guys get – particularly your technical players, exciting players – players who should advance the league getting hacked down, as they should by the other team, because right. that's what you do, but not being protected by the referees. Diego Chara, the fact that he was on the pitch for as long as he yeah, was, no and kidding. he never even got a yellow card. I yeah, Tui Loma was, was, should have had a yellow. I mean, it was yeah. really shocking. The, um, who, was it that, who was it that slid on Barco's back in the first half and didn't get any – or no, maybe it wasn't Barco. It was uh, Viafania. Who slid on mm-hmm. Nagby's back whenever Nagby did him dirty in that corner oh, and got dude. past him? Yeah, that was pretty great. Chipped him and yeah, then yeah, ran yeah. the out route. Yeah, that's pretty and great. And then um, Fania just yeah. went after him on the back, got a like got a caution. Yeah. Barco did the same thing yeah. on the other side of the field and gets a yellow. That for was his the first amazing foul. thing. Was Barco then gets a yellow? Yeah. and it's like it's not that it, was, it wasn't a very good challenge, but when you do that, you're sending a message to the yeah. players in Portland's thinking, okay, well we're just going to keep hacking. Right. You know, we're just going to keep hitting him. And you have a game Friday against Orlando, against a team that's going to do exactly that. They're going to play physical. You know, they're going to because they know they're not as creative. They're not as technical. Right. So as a referee, you have to be prepared for that when you go into a match, whether it means showing an early yellow or just put, trying your best to put a stop to it early. And if it keeps happening, it keeps happening. Right. But you can't just allow it to happen unpunished or guys are just going to keep fouling until they get that yellow card. And that's how Portland ends up with 18 fouls and one yellow for 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. you you hate to see people get punished or, or lack thereof, particularly in things that you enjoy watching, like what happened recently in the MCU where Spider-Man is no longer That's not a part true. of the Avengers. That's not true yet. They just haven't <laughs> reached a deal yet. They just have not reached a deal yet. I'm really, really hopeful. You guys are nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get you to turn the mic a little to your right, Josh? Was yeah, my, was what are your thoughts loud? on that, though? There we go. What are my thoughts on... On Spider-Man leaving I'm, MCU, potentially. My thoughts, potentially... Uh, it's been my favorite. It's terrible, right? It's been like my favorite exactly. part of the MCU the past two years. It's. I don't want to think about it because I can't deal with another Spider-Man. One going to Sony again, like this yeah. is just miserable. I don't want to. I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to worry <laughs> about that. So speaking of Orlando, most of the people in the trap for the past 
you know, half hour have been uh, talking about no more Spider-Man at MCU. Thank you, Elliot Beaven, for keeping us on on brand, <laughs> on on topic. It's the I one, the it. one comment <laughs> keeping you on brand. Um, we have Orlando coming up on Friday. I did pose a question though, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on uh, on Twitter. On earlier. Lay's versus Pringles. Oh, Lay's that, stacks ooh, versus Lay, Pringles. Lay's, that got <laughs> shut down real quick. So I didn't realize that Lay's was like the cheap option. Yeah, it's like it's a dollar per pack. Yeah, but you know where I'm coming from. Where sometimes you want that crunch factor. More, it's crunchier than it is crispy, like a Pringle. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got six boxes of uh, sugar-free Kroger brand hot chocolate. I in heard my... about that. <laughs> I showed up to Clickless. They load up my car, and I get home. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> got six boxes of sugar-free. Uh, Do you know hot Popeyes chocolate? has a new chicken sandwich? I didn't know that. I until did right before. This. I also learned there's not an apostrophe. In Popeyes before the yes. Oh, even so though there like, should be. There are two pop. There's only one Popeye. Though. Like it belongs to Popeye. Yeah, I thought it. Yeah, like I thought it was a possessive uh, Popeyes. Uh, Not like your eyes pop out whenever the, uh, you see that. The chicken. CEO is on record as joking, saying that uh, uh, something along the line, the restaurant being too poor to afford an, an apostrophe. On record, just joking uh, around. <laughs> so I never knew that. That's it, pretty great. So someone also said that, that there's like lines around America's a horrible place. There there are lines out of Popeyes. You said beautiful, way beautiful. wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. You say beautiful in a completely By horrible way than I, I do. I meant freedom. But uh I, I hope it's delicious. I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing about lines down the block to get a Popeye's it's, chicken. It's, so like, who, do you think, so do you, who do you think in MLS is going to stand up with the crowd mic this weekend speaking up for Chick-fil-A or, <laughs> or Popeye? Like, who's going to make I a statement either, about, yeah. like, make better chicken sandwiches now? Yeah, I don't know. Making a call out to Congress to stop this copyright infringement that Popeye's has put out on the original. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> This is, it is a wild situation. You think an Orlando fan is going to make a comment about this? <laughs> so what kind of what kind of chicken sandwiches do they eat in Orlando? What's like a terrible uh, friendlies? Friendlies, yeah. Maybe, there you go. Yeah, or do. just there the McChicken. Just the McChicken. Just the worst. Yeah. McChicken. McChicken. <laughs> chick- you can't get much worse than a McChicken. <laughs> no. Yeah, it is a yellow sponge battered and deep fried with a uh, with a smattering of mayonnaise and. Uh, just just garbage confetti lettuce on there. It really is. The lettuce is strange on it's there. It's terrible. Like, it doesn't yeah, seem... Have you gone to McDonald's as an adult and tried to no. order it's any like, sort of real food? It's like you go to... <laughs> it's like you get cr- the uh, the Dole um, iceberg shreds, and then you shred them even more. Yeah. 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 So I think You're they right. press it. Like, they put it in the dehydrator, and, <laughs> and then they and steam just it. just like... They mm. press it and mm. steam it. Yeah. What? Okay. Better steamed lettuce. It's like a seaweed salad. <laughs> 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 Who's got a better steamed lettuce? Uh, the McDonald's <laughs> McChicken or the uh, Crunchwrap Supreme? Oh, oh, <laughs> that just ruins it. But it's got the crunch factor. It so does have the crunch factor. They're winning there. No, I I posted. Um, favorite... can, can we talk about how bad Wendy's fries are before we talk about it? Yeah, why? Are, why? Are, sorry, I keep screaming this mic. Why? Why do they not try with their fries? It's so fucking bad. Yeah, well, like... they went through the whole new rebranding of new fries. Yeah. You know who so they, fucking bad. Yeah, but they taste. They this taste is the, the most same. heated discussion all yeah. night. It's talking about Wendy's fries. Wendy's fries. I feel well. They're better than they used to be. They used to be these flavorless, unsalted pieces of. Oh, you mush. mean like they are now? No, they at least have salt on them. Barely. I I do hate McDonald's fries though. Really? What? Yeah, I'm not really? a fan of McDonald's fries. I like Burger King's fries, and I know I'm going to mm. get heat for that because they're a little battered. Oh, uh, dude, how do you can go to Burger King and not get the onion rings is beyond me. Yeah. yeah also, the, the Impossible Whopper. Now, have you had one yet? 
I heard they actually taste pretty good. I haven't had one. Let's uh, go to Grindhouse or my f- Argosy yeah. in town and my, get one. My favorite Impossible Burger is definitely the double from Grindhouse. Argosy is pretty, pretty fucking good. Um, who? Let's see. What are people saying? Elliot Beaven says Burger King has the best fries. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, th- I like Checkers fries the most. Ooh. Yeah, Checkers. I like that crispy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the Central Park fries from yeah. Sumter, basically. Yeah, there, there's another little chain called Central Park. I think they have one in Warner Robins, Georgia, okay. too. Okay, Jeffrey Golden, how do you boot somebody? Who the <laughs> fuck is voting on Steak and Shake? Those shoestring bullshit fries are garbage. You're a garbage person. How dare you? How dare you wow. suggest such nonsense in here? I will allow any other... Fry recommendation, but those terrible, terrible steak and shake okay. shoestring wow, garbage fries. Angry. Okay. I'm going to give you two scenarios. You eat steak I'd and- rather just take a bite out of a potato <laughs> than a fucking shoestring fry. What do you... Like, you can't... There's no way you can put it in any kind of sauce because you either get way too much or way too little... It's 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 terrible portion control. <laughs> their fries, their fries are pretty bad. It's abysmal. I'd rather have Wendy's fries for life. Okay, you get fresh steak and shake fries straight out of the fryer, or you have to sit in traffic with Zaxby's fries until you get home. <laughs> I take that, man. I'd rather fucking make a loaded baked potato and just mash them up. <laughs> the Zax- those- Zax- Zaxby's uh. crinkle fries are pretty bad. But um, but at least they've got the yeah. they've got that little uh, seasoning. Can on Can we there. agree that Red Robin you steak just fries are gross it. too? I like the steak fries. Oh. You talk about biting into po- a potato, but you like, get unlimited. Why is it that big? But you get unlimited though. I, why do I want a a, a fry that's it's the like size... the bottom of a flip flop size <laughs> French fry? No, it's it is this. It, it is like biting into it's a like po- a potato. It's like if you just yeah. cut this. It's a potato version <laughs> of a, a, a Burger King French toast stick. <laughs> that's exactly. It's just a crispy French toast stick is all it is. I just want a home, oh, b- home before God. dark photo of Kevin biting into a potato. <laughs> just just like make it your cover it's like photo. Whenever or Dwight on in the Twitter. office bites into to uh, the beef. No, the was, beef. yeah. Or or, a, or what they did with uh, Creed when they swapped out the. Uh, oh, he was onion? eating an apple, and they, they were taking bets on if he would know if he would take a bite out of a potato. Took a bite out. Oh, God. Um, no, so I posted on Twitter earlier. I wanted to get people's opinions. What is your favorite sports movie in, in a reasoning in five words Sorry, or Jeff less. Goldenstein. I love you. I appreciate your, you, yeah, you, 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 you tuning in. You crushed him. Yeah, you crushed his <laughs> we, soul. We at Mouse of the South like to retain our viewers. <laughs> what? I, we had fries somewhere the other day that were just... Mc, like just soggy McDonald's fries, and I'm trying to remember where we were. <laughs> they were just so bad. They're they're just uh, sous vide McDonald's fries. <laughs> That's the thing. McDonald's, McDonald's fries are fried confit. You know you what? Just put it in duck fat. Just don't even like. Don't fry it. You just like boil. Yeah. It. You just yeah. Yeah. yeah Mc, McChicken confit. Simmer it. It's McChicken oil. Oh, that's so <laughs> gross. It's fried in McChicken grease. That's so grease. gross. Um, yeah, that is gross. Yeah, I will say McDonald's fries when they're hot and fresh, they're good, but they have a really short shelf life. Oh, absolutely. I'll, Make it I'll, gross. I'll okay, so favorite sports movie, five words or less as to why. Paul Bryson saying uh, Bull Durham arguing with umpire. Oh my. Uh, Big time Bama fan Chris Fillingham saying Waterboy because I like boobies to Bobby Boucher. Um. Let's see, Elliot Beaven, Air Bud, World Pup Classic or Classic. What are we talking about right now? So, what's your favorite sports movie of all time? Oh, I didn't. I missed it, that. When did you re- post this? 
earlier today. Oh. And your reasoning in five words or less. So Elliot Beaven so far, the winner with Airbud. Uh Domer said, just because it's uh oh fuck you, Orlando Hate Week said favorite sports movie, The Purge. Said, <laughs> what? Why? He said why? Hunting sport hunting stupid people is sport. <laughs> it's true. Uh Turgenev saying Bull Durham, I was in the show. Percy Herrera, who has terrible taste in shows, by the way, he keeps trashing the office. Oh my right. God! For yeah. Parks and Rec, yeah, for Parks and Rec, which yeah. Parks and Rec is great up until the last season. The last season is the worst season of television I've ever seen. Parks and Rec wouldn't exist enough for The Office, right? right. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. the exact same format. Uh, Percy Herrera saying Beer League because well, he said too many things, so I'm going to stop at the fifth word. He said uh, because who the fuck keeps stats? <laughs> in uh, it says in stopped pitch. Standard uh, Percy, yeah. Um, Standard. Bill Holcomb just posting gifts of Happy Gilmore. That's a fair one. Yeah. Uh, Michelle saying a shot at glory. Um, she posted way too many things, but saying Allie McCoist back then was very sexy, and so was Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is still sexy. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? He's one of the best villains Good in... Uh, Ooh, uh, Kendrick Brock. Cool runnings. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Ooh. That's, a, that's both that's a like great suggestion yeah. and that. Uh, mine, that's coach that's, uh, Col- six mine- words, though, isn't it? Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Oh, it is. Oh, no, damn, damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Uh, Why gotta be such a... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, Brian Reynolds with like an inside insider tip for Lakeside Waffle Fries at Georgia Ooh, Southern. I like it. I, I don't know. All right, uh, here's mine. Coach Carter, he dies in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all what happens. <laughs> it's not at all what happens. Um, That's good. Joe Johnstone saying Shaolin soccer. He said because it is Shaolin soccer. As his fire. I once, I, whenever Coach Carter came out, and everybody in high school was talking about it, so I was like really excited. She's like, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I was like, Oh, you didn't know he died in the end? <laughs> oh, man. I wanted to see that movie. I can't believe you're spoiling That's like brutal, man. People, people really thought Kevin was spoiling that movie, but he doesn't die in the end. Um, Payson, uh, Payson Nino saying Payson. Major League Comedy, Walk-Off Bunt, Wesley Snipes. I'll give you it. Who uh, said Space Jam? Anybody? Nobody? Uh, nobody, because you know what? LeBron ruined that whole franchise. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Brown with Wimbledon. Wimbledon? That was... movie with Kirsten Dunst? Yeah, and uh, who was the other guy? James McAvoy? Was he in Is that? Is that the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he posted the gif, might want to change the sheets. That's five words. That's very clever. I like it. Um, oh, remember the Titans. Do you remember the Titans? <laughs> <laughs> did you remember the Titans? That's, uh, uh, that's mine. Did you forget the Titans? Did you forget the Titans? <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> syllables. <laughs> This ain't a haiku, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite sports movie, for real? I just told you all of them. No, okay. What about you, Josh? I like Mighty Ducks One. That's a good Mighty one. Mighty Ducks One. Yeah. 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 Not and, the not the Goodwill Games from Mighty Ducks no, Two. I like, I like Team it because it's an inspiring story, but there's also edgy things like uh, child abuse and uh, DUIs within Mighty Ducks One. So, so it's actually a uh, there's some adult content yeah. too to it. There's a mix. You're not wrong. Once they went into D two, and I love D two. But it's just straight kids movie. It is Mighty Ducks. I mean, they're that's like, fair. They're I never st- thought about that. Child abuse isn't funny in real life, uh, but I thought some of it in the movies, like with the limo drivers got uh, I figured it's Averman or Peter, and he's like got him up by his leg, like get out of my limo, like holding him up, <laughs> just hilarious. And then he teaches the kids to to flop in the middle of practice. I mean, I, I love Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah, it's pretty great. I, yeah, I, I just remembered two like legitimate ones that I watched a ton of: Johnny Tsunami and Brink. Oh yeah. 
Watched a ton of both. Yeah, of those Brink was up. good. Yeah. Brink was a really, really good bad movie. So was Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dis- Disney originals were like. What was the other one? Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas was great. <laughs> was true. Rob Schneider? Yeah. <laughs> that kid was playing the Game Gear with no game in it. What about Three Ninjas? Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Are we calling that sports? Yeah, well, might as well, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I changed my can, vote. You, can you do Karate Kid to that same? I point? love Three Ninjas. Three Ninjas yeah. was great. Yeah, Wait, was great. is is Greg calling out? He's saying uh, we're not that drunk. Are you saying? I guess Beer Fest is his favorite Ooh, sports movie. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Greg Greg pulled out a, a ZJ reference on for the culture a couple weeks back, <laughs> or like I a month or so back. That. <laughs> That's great. He's like, what's a ZJ? Uh, I think Ringo asked him what a ZJ was. And that's he's like, great. if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Oh, Dodgeball. That's a good one. Yeah. From, Dodgeball. From Chief Mich- Coach Mich- Steve. Michelle Paravani asking, uh, does a bit above the rim count? Yeah, absolutely, it does. Kevin Bacon. Uh, I I have. So, The Damned United, which J- I will say again, Jason Longshore says, still not returned that DVD to me. Uh, really? <laughs> I didn't know. Me calling out somebody in the trap. Tell them what you really think, there Tim. There you go, Jason. Everybody, Longshore go tell a... jo- Jason Longshore to return Tim's DVD he's copy. A, who knew he's such a klepto? <laughs> everybody, I want everybody listening to this. Tweet. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of the Atlanta United personalities that won't be named. <laughs> fucking idiots. They're thieves. Fucking idiots, dude. We haven't. That that's that's the funniest thing that happened all week. <laughs> was the whole idiot gate thing? We should have. We should have. You guys should have led the show with that. Yeah. I, I want, well, especially talking about Eric. Yeah. Just, right. <laughs> no, for real though. Everybody listening, go and tweet at Longshoe and say that Tim wants his damned United Blu-ray back. <laughs> that's why you wanted to have him on the show, just so you could ask him to bring it back. <laughs> oh. oh, that's great! Wow. So he's a stuff. Oh, that's great. That's really wow. good. Oh, th- speaking of which, yeah, where's the exacto knife? It's right there, it's Greg. It's right there, Greg. Yeah, you were doing surgery we'll on, stay the, on right the kit. Stay right there. No, uh, Damned United, if, if you guys have never seen Win Win, a uh, wrestling movie about, it's like a very touching, heartwarming story, Paul Giamatti and um, Holly oh, from The with Office. All, with all that stuff about the wine, and he drinks a lot of wine, and then he gets into soccer. Yeah, him and Thomas Hayden Church. That's the one. THC. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. So, is that when he gets? Is that the one where he turns blue? Yeah. Okay. Good. And he turns into the Rhino from Spider Man. Yeah, Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. This is going. <laughs> you gotta stop. What are you guys talking? About? I don't know. Just a bunch of Paul Giamatti movies. So cool. We... That was a Paul Giamatti niche. We're gonna clip that, put it on YouTube. It's a whole. It's a whole thing we're Your doing. Your podcast is so much more fun than ours. <laughs> Eric's always like Eric always staring me down from across the table anytime with you guys we just get to talk about movies and how Jason steals everyone's stuff and oh yeah Kendrick is Kendrick's already leading the charge <laughs> tweeting he's it. already tempted it, tweeted that long shoe please retweet it now because if you don't I will oh uh, yeah that's 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 fantastic oh yeah. my god yeah okay so let's get refocused idiot here gate. idiot gate let's talk about that real it quick. is yeah. hate week and it's orlando week so, yeah. so, it, what, it's, so what exactly it happened the next because two i topics. came into i came into uh idiot gate like halfway through i didn't yeah i, I was like me, me too yeah it's, it's like, tough it's tough when you come into the atlanta united gates late and you have to kind of kind work backwards through the twitter ridiculousness it's difficult to get caught up yeah it usually yeah. has to go like to certain people's accounts and go and look for subtweets as to what's really going on here's but... what i think happened and someone out there correct me if i'm wrong so after the game 
uh, Jason and uh, Mike Conti were talking about uh, the, the penalty, the, the PT yep. non-calling the penalty. And apparently, first of all, Andrew Weeby, host for MLSsoccer.com, yep. had tweeted out right after that uh, that PT's cried wolf too yeah. many times yeah. or something like that. Which, which is a... By the way, that's inde- like kind yeah. of indicative of exactly what we're yeah. talking yeah, about, yeah, what's yeah. wrong with yeah. American soccer right, culture, right, not right. favoring creative players. But also, so they were talking about... Jason brought up... Uh, brought up that tweet and then uh conti said something to the degree of well these are some of the guys that say atlanta is not the second best team in the east oh no they said that did, there's uh, no clear-cut second best team bobby in the warshaw league. had said that yeah that there's Which no actually, clear-cut second best fair. team in the league and that, then i think that was i the, think jason kind of set him up and conti went to say, well that pundit is an idiot yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> anyways so this got around t- uh twitter and mls they actually did a, their a, their own little segment on it you could tell warshaw was kind of pissed it's really much ado about nothing conti said afterwards i shouldn't have said it you know these guys have worked Who cares, a, they had worked a long day i think it's great content um, but it was wonderful to follow if, along if, if i had a nickel for every time somebody called me an idiot we would not have to pay nearly as much out of pocket oh, for this I, yeah. show. No, it, it, uh, <laughs> but Idiot Gate was, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful. That was one of my favorite gates of the season. But it's it still was, a good. It's, I think it's still a good discussion topic because, to your point, I think Bobby Warshaw inherently has a point to be made, which is who is a clear cut second best yeah. team in the league right now? Because I think there are several teams that have an argument. And obviously, we don't know how the next 10 or so matches are going to play out. I think it's down to eight yeah. in, in most cases right now. If you can't choose Atlanta United, maybe we'll pose it that way, because obviously we're all going to say Atlanta United. Yeah. If it's not Atlanta United, who who do you think right now is second best team mm. in the league? Or maybe jumps Atlanta United <laughs> in that standing? Because I, I think we can all make the case for Atlanta United yeah, right now. I'm still torn I mean, I, I, between, I think, uh, NYCFC. Is a team in England? Uh, in England, what am I talking about? In, in the Eastern Conference, we miss Dan too. <laughs> <laughs> he's around, I hear. I haven't seen. He's, he's, he just disappeared. He's too busy making fucking cinnamon rolls, and <laughs> I mean, me too. But you wouldn't see me not show. Um, I guess I would say New York. I I, I think Dama Terrance an underrated manager, although I think. From a mentality standpoint, maybe he's not the best at man management, but I like them a lot. They have a good system of play. You're right, Tim. They haven't been good in the playoffs, but there really isn't, to me, a clear-cut second-best team because I think Galaxy could lay claim to that. I think even like a team like Minnesota United could lay claim to that. They've been really good this season. So, you know, to Warsaw, I mean, we're all going to say Atlanta. Right. I'm going to say New York Five to say another team, but I think this discussion alone shows you that Warshaw is right in the sense that there isn't a clear-cut second-best oh, yeah. team in the league right now. But it is fun to call people idiots, and that's okay. But uh, I agree with him. I don't think there is. I mean, I would go with us because I'm a fan and because I would I would say, look, you've already kind of seen what Atlanta United can yeah. do, and they're looking like this team from last year now. But, I mean, Philadelphia could be in there. Yeah. There's really not a clear-cut second-best team. But you're right, man. Kevin, I think we'll see. It, the, the teams will separate themselves a little bit more yeah. over the next month or so. And, and I think that what what Bobby was inherently getting at and what a lot of Atlanta United's defense is going to be in making the case that Atlanta United is the second best team in the league is based on the run of form in the past four to five games. Yeah. Every team in this league at some point yeah. throughout the season has a really, really yeah. good month. Either it's at the beginning, it's somewhere in the middle, or it's or it's at the tail end. Even Colorado's had a good month. Absolutely. Orlando. I mean, yeah. uh, FC Cincinnati was at the top of the East at one point in time. Yeah. 
You know, right. every team, every team in the league. I Can mean, you, think about that. At the beginning of the season, everyone goes, who the fuck? Like, FC Cincinnati <laughs> comes out of nowhere is yeah. running shit. And Columbus, too. Yeah, exactly. Columbus and Columbus. Yep. So, you know, to, to Bobby's point, every team has had that. But to discredit him in some way is to state that while, yes, every team has some good month or some run of form of four to five consecutive, consecutive games, it is – I put – way more stock in a run of four to five games towards the back two thirds or yeah. the back, the final third of the season than I do in the, in the first two thirds. That's of the really season, when you, you see know? the team separate Absolutely. themselves. You want to peak at the right time. Going Absolutely. Into playoffs. And who's peaking more than any other team. Right I now. haven't begun to peak. All right. <laughs> I think I, Atlanta, to your you, point though, I think Atlanta <laughs> still has some ways to go because I, I tend to agree with what Brian's saying. He said this uh, the argument seems kind of silly. He said the second best team is whoever is playing the second best right, right now. Right, but when you say the words clear cut, I think that means yeah. you have oh, to have yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. Ha, ha semantics exactly. in your face. Exactly. Who do you guys think if you can't say Atlanta, who do you think is the second best team? I, right I tend now? to agree with you, NYCFC, you because yeah. because of the not just what they're doing on the field, but the position that they've got themselves into. Yeah. Um, especially considering the opponents that they have to face in the final stretch like philly arguably has the worst final eight games yeah, of the season like they've got to play red bulls they've got to play atlanta united they got yeah. to play nycfc yeah. they've got to i mean they're they if we didn't think that they were on their way out they certainly are now i mean maybe they squeak out a win against dc who seems to be floundering a little bit dc who we thought was potentially a contender yeah. to run the east in between their departures that are coming up and then the way that they lost this past week and the yeah, way that the they're, really they're losing off. right now, yeah. it seems like they're out of it. So I think right now, it, at least in the East, it's somewhere between Atlanta United and NYCFC. Now on the West, Bobby also had a really good point. And, and I think um, a couple others uh, mirrored that, which was that It'll be interesting to see a team like Portland who could really expose yeah, LAFC, yeah. you know, in a playoff attacking Exactly. Yeah. A counter-attacking, a counter-attacking high-press team that's going to play past that back line of LAFC, which has been exposed on, on the few times that they were yeah. exposed, was by a team that played that kind of attacking style. Um, or LA, LA Galaxy, you know, we'll see. Zlatan uh, and El Trafico edition is again big. this week. Part two is this weekend. We'll see how that plays out. And if if there's ever a, a better chance to cement yourself as a contender for the second best team in the league right now, it would be this weekend in that matchup. So do you go to New York too, Tim? Yeah, probably so. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I feel like counting out Philly has been kind of silly. Every, I agree. every time that we've done that, whenever they've lost a match, we're like, oh, this is the moment where they're going to start really, right. uh, and they're a really much, sliding. They're a much better team personnel-wise than they have been yeah. in the last two seasons. Yeah. So I think people are expecting them to fall back to that kind of team they've been where they're like right around the red line fighting for the playoffs. But you've got Fabian in there now. I mean, I think you know the two young center backs playing well. Philadelphia is a – I'm not going to say they're a second-best team, but – we shouldn't expect them to revert back to what they were the last few no, years in no, like a 6th, no. 7th type. I mean, they're a legit threat in the East. They're just a better team, well, especially better players. If, uh, while, they, while on paper they have arguably the worst final stretch of the season, they also are catching teams in opportune moments. So not only are they catching D.C. after a loss and a poor run of form coming up this week, but next week whenever we play them, we're on a short turnaround week after playing Orlando, an open cup final, and then we're picking up Philly. Mm -hmm. Like that's a that's, that's a true. very quick run of games back to back to back on a short turnaround. So 
that could easily be a chance for them to capitalize on that. I mean, they could easily pick up six points right there in two of those are six point games. So yeah. conceivably a, a 12 point spread and winning the, if they pick up two of their remaining eight, that's a huge leap for them because they've conceivably knocked out two of the teams that could leapfrog them at some point. Yeah. I, NYCFC probably is the, probably is the logical choice, Yeah, but I do like that call for Portland. Portland, I mean, yeah, they're a they're, team. They're a good team, and they, the rest yeah. of their games are at home. And right? you saw it against Atlanta, right? Absolutely. I mean, they, maybe they didn't finish off their chances, but they were super dangerous going forward. And LA Galaxy, yeah. man. I mean, you're talking about a team that beat Galaxy, which is, you know, literally was up until just a week or, or two beat ago. LAFC. Beat LAFC, yeah. No, they beat LAFC and the Galaxy. I mean, they beat Galaxy twice. Oh, you're saying Portland beat both yeah. of them. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, That's okay, what I'm saying. Okay, like, okay, you're talking you. about Portland, who has beaten some of the best talent in the West already and proven to be able to be more than capable mm-hmm. to do so against both the best in the West and the best in the East if things maybe fall their way a little bit more so. And a team like LAFC that doesn't have a Miles Robinson to maybe make one of those plays or two of those plays that he does in that game this past week, yeah. you could easily see an LAFC, which seems unbeatable right now, get knocked out and in I a think, playoff structure. I think one of the reasons that this convert discussion is... T- so layered is because of the playoff format and I'm actually kind of coming around on the single limb I don't know I don't know but I'm coming around on because it really does make the regular season more important where we can sit here and say who's the second best team yeah well I'll say Atlanta United if they're the one seed in the east yeah I'll say uh if Atlanta United's not the one seed in the east and maybe Portland who's been amazing at home finishes second in the west maybe you go with them um you know and New York's obviously uh NYCFC very good at home so so much of it is going to be based on where these teams end up and match up in the seedings when you look at who is that next next team after LAFC. So, so the next point to that point is, for me, in a one-game one elimination scenario for Atlanta United, who in the East right now concerns you the most in a potential matchup hmm. if Atlanta does win the East? Because that's a real possibility right now. Because you're not going to be playing the two seed in that scenario. So who? So let me pull up the MLS standings. Who's floating around, let's say, between fifth and... Because there's such a few amount of points separating second through like 10th in the yeah, East well. right now. But who in, let's say, between... Uh, sixth and ninth, uh, maybe gives you fits in so playoffs. You're talking so, about New oh. England, Montreal, not Orlando. Orlando and Toronto are right now in that fifth through nine. Uh, I would say, are you say fifth through nine or sixth through nine? Let's say sixth through nine right now. So you're saying if Atlanta finishes first, who would you not want to play? Yeah, at the sixth. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play That's New England. One. Yeah, I agree. I think that they went on a like a. A tear whenever Bruce Arena came back. Dude, in. they're still... I mean, you're talking about... They've, they've a lost tear. two straight. Uh, no, right? no. They have not lost... They've only lost one game in the past, like, 15 matches, and it was to LAFC 2-0. Yeah. They drew, they went to Seattle they drew, drew Red Bulls this past week. Oh, that's right. They drew Seattle. They beat Orlando. They beat Cincy. They beat Vancouver. They tied DC. I mean... This is a team that's on the rise right now and who we could conceivably We've, see make a big push if D.C. or one of these other teams in that yeah. first through fifth spot start and to it, take a And ball. it is a team with attacking firepower. So, again, we go back to that kind of theme, Kevin, of, of, of the fact that Atlanta United are a little bit exposed when they go forward. You're, and, and you have a team with a Carles Hill with a, a Gustavo Bo, who, Bao Bo, I don't know, who's been a great addition i mean started to really score goals for fun they actually have a good amount of attacking uh talent panilla can play fagundas can play 
Um, so that's a team for me. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, Tim. I, I completely I, I, so agree. So we well, great, awesome. We all agree completely with each other. There. <laughs> so good, good debate. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I mean, again, to to echo back to the conversation we just had previously is that so much of the season and so much of playoffs is predicated upon where you're trending at going into playoffs, mm-hmm. and New England right now is trending on the positive yeah. side of things against the best competition that they're going to face. Yeah, because I thought you know, aside from Bruce Arena. They've done so much better with him coming in. I think they just have quite a few good attacking players that Brad Friedo was. I don't know what exactly he was doing, but he was rotating yeah. them in and out of the lineup. And Arena just came, okay, I'm going to just play all my best attacking Ooh. players. And you see with New England that they can really, really score goals and be a, be a danger. So I wouldn't want to play them. We haven't played them no, since. we haven't. Yeah. We haven't played New uh, To Grego's asking, have we played New England since Arena came mm-hmm. on? We haven't. Uh, we went up to New England and played them whenever Frida was yeah. managing, right? Yeah. yeah, early on. Wow, Red Bulls ended up getting a red card as well in this game. So both teams are playing with 10 men, and it's in stoppage time right now. Uh, red Bulls it's winning 2-1. Eight, eight minutes of stoppage time, yes. something crazy like yeah. that. Okay, we have two games coming up in the next <laughs> two Two yeah. huge games for Atlanta. In the next six days, we have at, uh, Orlando. Orlando hate week on Friday. Uh, Dirty South Soccer's OFYO t-shirt has been banned from Orlando City No Stadium. way. What? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I didn't know that we shit. We made it. We made yes. it. We made no it. No shit. Yeah. So they... did our media credentials, so we're all <laughs> part of the same. Yeah, the, the front office, apparently, oh the, my the reports God. the front office have banned that t-shirt from showing wow. up into what the stadium. What a trash they organization. Are, the best part about it is how generally just insecure they are with how quickly United has passed them up and their whole the response has been so like generally hysterical and it, like in terms of overspending for players not you know really acquiring balance not you know firing your head coach last year in Christ not having a contingency plan I'm convinced that the fact they've gone from like like a mediocre team to an unstable unstable franchise has a lot to do with them trying to react to Atlanta yeah. United and just failing miserably yeah I think they could catch us this week potentially See, I hate this stupid <laughs> law of averages argument that comes up every right. single time that we play Orlando. I'm not talking about law of averages. Oh, okay. Of like, I, bo- I beat I saw- somebody and then say, therefore we can beat you. I'm not talking about that. No, no, no. Law of averages meaning we're eventually going to lose no, to them. I, I'm not yeah. talking about that either. I'm talking about Atlanta United. If I had to... Okay, let me put it this way. If I had to choose... We have three big games coming up. One of which being a rival, one of which being an Open Cup final, one of which being against the number two team yeah, in the East. That's a six-point swing. And if we I still had, keep that game in hand. And all three of those are within a one-week span. If I had to pick up two of those to win and one to lose, the one to lose is Orlando 100% of the time. Well, guess what? We don't have to play full force in Orlando win that game. We can take the foot off the would gas you guys, Would you guys bit. rotate... Uh, Heavily for this, or would... I don't think heavily. I think yeah. I would see probably Dion Pereira come in yeah, for, wingbacks. for Justin Mira. Tito probably. needs to get some minutes, man. I, the Tito thing is getting almost weird yeah, at this I agree. point. I mean, you wonder if DeBoer is just at a point where he's like, I don't rate this guy. He's not training the way I want. He's not even going to be a piece, or is it a fitness thing, or what? I personally think it might be a fitness thing. It, it's weird because we didn't get a whole, what was it, an LCL injury? There was just like a nondescript ligament yeah. type injury that he he had early on in the season. And it's one of those ones that doesn't require surgery. It's kind of hard to gauge 
when they're fully back. But you would think by now, if he's been in the 18 for three straight games, yeah. that he would see the and field. It doesn't seem point. like DeBoer, you know, when Barco came back from his injury, there was a very clear progression where he played 15 minutes, then he played a half, then he played 60 minutes, you know. And with, with Tito, it's been like what he's had a couple cameos of like five to seven minutes. So it seems almost he's like... He's been a time-wasting substitution. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it seems almost like DeBoer doesn't necessar- isn't necessarily prepared for him to be a big piece from what he sees. Well, I wonder what the, the strategy is on that. Because it, beca- because it could be a couple of different things, right? Mm-hmm. It, it could be a, a lack of development or a concern for his fitness as it stands currently. It could be the fact that maybe, and I, I hate to say this or hate to recognize this, that maybe the team is trying to sustain him for some potential sale in the offseason. Mm-hmm. It could be that they are trying to make sure that he is healthy and available if and when the time comes, whether down the stretch or in playoffs. Like, there's a couple of different, like, there's a lot of reading in between the lines with him yeah. not playing, but, you know, he needs to get some minutes. And I think he's yeah, a prime, he he's a prime candidate to play in that Orlando game. But to, I think it was Kendrick that mentioned it in jest about hashtag like in the hunt. That's another big part of this Orlando game is that you're talking about a team that's in the number eight position right now. They have a lot more to gain by beating Atlanta this week than Atlanta has to lose by losing to them with the two games that Atlanta has coming up versus Mm -hmm. the games that Orlando has coming up. And I'm fully braced for impact because our Twitter page <laughs> is going to suffer the repercussions for the amount of trolling we've done over the past two yeah. or three. The amount of trolling I've done over the past two or three years. I mean, since your podcast started. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I deserve all of it and probably then some. But if I had to pick one of the three games to lose, it would obviously be Orlando. As much as it sucks if it does happen, I don't... And also to your point, I don't think it has to happen. We can win all three games, but it is a lot to ask out of a team that needs to do a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? You, you We talked really briefly about squad rotation, but how much, how much squad rotation do you see? I mean, not much. I think the, I think you nailed it. Maybe some wing back rotation where maybe you'll see a switch at the left back spot. I think you can expect, there's kind of that standard rotation where either well, like if Remedi is Remedi's health, injured, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you. We I don't, have no, no Remedi and no Escobar. Michael so, Parkhurst. That's true. You could wrote. So that's one thing you could read into is if you see P- Parkhurst, whoever's on the bench is probably going to start the Cup final. If you see Pogba, then you would assume that then Parkhurst sits. You see him in the U.S. Open Cup final. He's gotten so little game time. It's it would be. I. That's just, why I think Parkhurst is probably primed for the Orlando match versus yeah. open. Cup and, and you guys, you're right. I mean, conventional wisdom would say Tito, right? But yeah. I, I, DeBoer doesn't seem to at least recently rate him at all. Well, the fact that he and Bello are both training yeah. at least speaks to the fact that they're in the discussion. Like yeah. Escobar wasn't even at training today. What yeah. about seeing, Mo, so, what about seeing so Escobar's Mo, out? Mo Adams, maybe instead of Lorenowitz playing in that central defensive midfield role. Again, it's a matter of you don't want to switch up too much because while I'm comfortable with losing that game, you don't want to lose that game. You don't want to sort of rock the boat on everything. Mm-hmm. What I'd love to see is Justin Miram go out there and score a fucking goal. That would be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah, that would be amazing. I think Hyman 
Will oh yeah, Heinemann. Get, we didn't say Heinemann. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think Heinemann will probably play for Nagby or for um, now Heinemann. Like Heinemann in for Lorenowitz makes way more sense for me than Mo Adams right now. Really? Because I see Mo Just Adams is more of, of a defensive midfielder than it, Heinemann it's, it's is. It's not I about mean, his skill set; it's about his familiarity but, and his playtime with I, the I, team right now. I get that, but you're talking about Mo Adams who started at L- at. LAFC. It's not like he's not unfamiliar with the team. And then also this team kind of relies on having some sort of stopping midfielder. If you, if you don't have Remedi and you don't have Lorenowitz out there, I don't think Hyman really comes in and gives you that in, in the midfield. Well, then maybe he's in for Nagby to you your need, point. You need some sort of anchor that's going to allow somebody like Nagby or Hyman. <laughs> I think I see them as carbon copies of one another. That's a good point. Uh, at least in their in, at least in their style of play, I think one for the other. I have liked to see Hyman and, and Barco, or sorry, Hyman and Nagby play at the same time, but it is a little redundant mm-hmm. at times to have them both. And on I the think field. if you see Heinemann, it's probably going to be for Barco or PT. If he and with the yeah. other one playing up top, um, but 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 we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there. But I think you're yeah you're going to see maybe two two or three changes. I think as far as rotation goes, Frank DeBoer tipped his hand by going first choice eleven for the Campeones Cup. I think that pretty much tells you how fucking great was I'm, that yeah, game. Which by was the great, way, which Did was you go? great. No, I didn't. I didn't. I was coaching, and I was like, "Whatever, it'll be a boring." Well, right. You know, and then I, I got home. Same, I was like, like, "This is fantastic." I w- I did not go. Thank you, Tim, for taking Katie and I. That was fucking awesome. Like, I can't imagine missing that. Not no offense to you for no, having I, to miss I, it. I, re- like, I regretted it. Yeah. It was one of those things, and I think you said it perfectly the next day on Twitter. Aside from the MLS Cup final and maybe a couple other games, like that is up there with one of the best experiences in Mercedes Benz that I've had. The game was fantastic. The game was great. The show, the like crowd. the showing of the crowd the, just it, amplified both it sides. It seemed like a unique crowd where it was genuinely not totally split, but you had fans from both oh, sides. Yeah. I think, oh yeah. Dude, it was 50, 50. Was it 50? It was, yeah. It was I would nuts. say at yeah. best it was maybe 60. And I bet a lot of those club American fans are also Atlanta United. Fans. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. It seemed like a cool kind of unique uh, atmosphere there, but I, I really do think that, you know, if DeBoer is going to come out first choice 11, treat the Campiones Cup in that way that certainly for a league match against Orlando, he's going to you're at least you're not going to see crazy, crazy no. rotation across the board. Unless, again, you know, to your point about tipping his hat towards what he did in Campiones, he's holding up for open cup final yeah, when he true. knows he's going to have to do like they're thinking about the same shit we are. Yeah, that yeah. they've got they've got open cup final and the number two team in the East back-to-back on a short turnaround. Now, luckily, Atlanta benefits, I'm, I think. Philly's at home, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you've got, at least it's a short week, but you're at home. So that we benefit from that. No, Philly, Philly, it's it's Philadelphia's at home. Oh, Philly's yeah, 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 yeah. We only have two more home games. Yeah, Philadelphia's right? at home. Yeah, Shite. Yeah. What do we got? Columbus and who else at home? The last game of the season, right? New England? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all we have left, right? We have two home games? It's two or three. It's not many. I think it's three. Oh. I think it might have been six of the last nine, is what I heard. Three and Open road. Cup final, I think, is what oh, we've okay. got. Okay, so maybe it's an all Columbus, New England, one other, I can't yeah. remember. And then so we, we're final. at home against Columbus September 14th, our yep. next home game. San Jose on the 21st. San Jose's the one I was missing. Then New England on yeah. the 6th of October. Okay, so three. Okay. So, yeah, I think I th- let's let's catch up on the trap here. Um, I know that a, a couple people kind of re- um, agreed with us about two or three substitutions. At most, I guess Bello is playing with the twos currently. I know he's been training and stuff, so he's getting closer. I um, don't know where where he fits on the field. I guess he could play wing back. He would be the left wing back. Yeah, Elliot Beaven with the point about Kratz is also in for the twos. Is Kratz in a foregone conclusion? Is pretty much his tenure as a viable player in the eighteen is 
done. I mean, if he's your fifth or sixth choice center mid, I think that's pretty good. But yeah, I mean, that doesn't yeah. inspire much confidence he's going to play much. Yeah, yeah because exactly. he's behind Nagby, Rometty, Heinemann, Lorenowitz. And Mo Adams. And Mo Adams. And I would put Barco, I mean, as yeah, far yeah, as center yeah, mids yeah. in that Dude, list, too. Because I mean, his work rate playing defense, tracking back has been incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah so right. I, it's going to be... T- but I, hey, I mean, as far as sixth, seventh choice center mid goes, I mean, it could be a lot worse. Like, but don't, don't get me wrong, but it's one of those things that... Did he score a free kick the other night? Did he? Hmm. Maybe maybe I'm incorrect. I, I ha, have the twos been doing anything better? They've won two games uh, That's recently. That's wow. Good yeah. It's good to hear because they were pretty, pretty yeah. bottom of the barrel there <laughs> yeah. for a while. It's not been, uh, not been great. All right. So uh, score predictions, I guess. Uh, for Orlando? Orlando, yeah. 2 0 to the good guys. I'm going to say 2 uh, 1 Orlando. Man. Wow. Go, uh, I'll go 3 3 1 Atlanta. Yeah. I think that's fair. And then we got Minnesota on Tuesday. Orlando sucks, man. What are you talking? Do you really think they're going to beat us? Yeah, I do. Jeez. All right. Well, heard it here I first. I do. Explain to me how they beat us. Who's scoring goals? Because Dom Dwyer is worse in the yeah, box than Petey is. Yeah. Yeah. He's missed a ton Agreed. of... I Agreed. think if you look at his conversion rate on quote-unquote big chances, oh, it is it's comically awful. bad. It's yeah. awful. I don't know. Maybe Nani or um, what's that? What's the skinhead kid that they got? The, oh, the Mueller report. Mueller report, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Nani or Mueller, I think maybe. You, know what, the, you know what the Mueller report says? What? 2-0 Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. I just, it's not a law of averages thing. It's it's a matter of us playing them on the road. They've They've played us more than any other team has this season already between regular season and open cup matches. This will be number number four, yeah. Number four. Number yeah. four. They've they've got a lot to prove and a lot to gain by beating Atlanta. Um they still have unfinished business. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag in the hunt. Um I can't remember who posted as I I hashtag in the gun. <laughs> somebody repl- <laughs> somebody replied and said something to the effect of we we appreciate your green initiative and your ability to recycle this tifo over and over again. Now, I would be okay <laughs> with a draw. I for- do you guys forget that a draw is an option for Atlanta United? How many draws have we had this season? 3? Um w- Cincinnati comes to mind. Cincinnati um, Philly. Philly. Right, which was a long fucking time yeah. ago. I always There's forget. One more. There's one more and I can't remember who I it is. Always forget. It always seems like Win or loss, so I'd be okay with it. I could maybe see us doing like a two-two or a one-one. I don't think it's going to be a ton of goals scored. What do we have? We have twelve win or twelve out of our fifteen win or fourteen wins or shutouts. Yeah. Oh, it's uh red Red Bulls is the yeah yeah it was one yeah. one right yeah we're yeah uh, well, we're, remember or no, we two, two, two one right was, Joseph it, scored yeah, was, yeah. yeah oh, that was, was two two with, uh, a draw BWP. a draw I could see happening. Ah, uh, I'm gonna stick with two one. I think I just I don't like the optics of what. Not just what Orlando's been doing in a run of form. Granted, they just lost to Minnesota. But overall, I mean, they haven't been in a terrible run of form. I'm trying to pull up their most recent I like matches. what Michelle says. She says, Kevin, you practically said the la- same thing the last time that's, we played That's kind of my thing because I thought th- th- it was set up so well for them in the cup semifinal to finally beat Atlanta United with Joseph Martinez not traveling and being at, being at home and it being, you know, Labeled as the biggest game in Orlando City history, and then just get blasted. You know, right. I figured if they, if, I think if that I, wasn't I think the I'm time, gonna, what is? I think I'm going to roll it back. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the more I'm looking at their recent results, the more I'm convinced. So yeah. so they beat Columbus in fucking middle of July. Big damn deal. And it's Columbus. They they draw Portland. They lose to Red Bulls. They lose to New England. They beat FC Dallas. Eh, that's probably their best win, ar- arguably. Um, lose to us. Draw Toronto. Beat SKC. Draw Minnesota, who I thought Minnesota was, was the better yeah. team. And they equalize on a long throw-in. They equalize on Hilarious. a long throw-in in, in, in stoppage time. But ultimately, the better team. I mean, just looking at the stats, for, the, stats the stats for Minnesota, 22 shots, 6 on target, 55% percent, percent, percent I'm possession. I'm not you drive home. Uh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm changing a loss to a draw. I'm not. I'm still not convinced on a win yet. I'm gonna say one one. Okay. I'm going one one. So if we go another five not, minutes, it'll go to a go to an Atlanta yeah, yeah. win, right? Another this, round for the boys. <laughs> Josh, this is a microcosm of what I've had to deal with for the past. I don't even know. Like, oh, college since, football season's yeah. coming, Playboy. This this is. <laughs> you just you just did your Monday to Friday, Clemson. Oh God! Uh, bipolarity. <laughs> Dude, it's the How middle dare of the you make fun of my condition? What, <laughs> graduating Clemson? <laughs> <laughs> my manic bipolarity. <laughs> uh, no, middle of the week. It's like they're playing Grambling. And he's like, I don't know, man. This this, this game this weekend, like, I feel like we're going to get exposed. Trap game, yeah, trap Coastal game. Carolina <laughs> looks tough this year. <laughs> it's a trap game. Need some more dogs. Talk shit, get pit. <laughs> yeah, talk shit. that is get get snake pit. You were snake pitting on that. that that's uh, man. This has been one of the best shows we've done in a while. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Was it good? Good. Yeah, I had fun good. too. I'm you guys glad, are fun. I'm yeah. glad you didn't prepare. Yeah, that's no, I like not best. preparing. Yeah, I you know Eric gets very upset with us when uh. It's like you got that you got that statistic wrong in the twenty second minute of the show. I'm like, okay. like shut up, Eric. <laughs> oh, you know. Tim got mad. For what me. do you have? You have Stat Boy getting on there? Like, uh, yeah, I know. Part in the interruption. And the thing is, I thought I was that nerdy that role of the show, but Eric will. Yeah, I mean, if you get something wrong, God bless him. But uh, I mean, he's the one ruining our club. I don't see why he has anything to get on me about statistics. <laughs> oh, <that's> totally. <laughs> All right. Um. Should we do reviews? Oh, yeah, we do have reviews. Yeah, we have three new reviews, I think. Three? Do you want to read one, Josh, or do you want us to? Sure, I'd love to read one. Okay, so we actually printed one off for you, so hold on one second. Oh, my God. Oh, nice. Uh This is what Kendrick is asking. Oh, okay, I already already, uh, already have an idea of what it's going to (laughs) be. H before D, greater than Mott's. Our acronym is greater than your acronym. Good for you. We didn't do that. We I, didn't solicit it. I don't necessarily disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Blame Eric again. Blame Eric. <laughs> we get, can we get that on here, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we got voicemails, too. We have, okay. We have one voicemail. Uh, let's see here. Um, definitely not the boring five stars. My favorite Atlanta United podcast. These guys constantly make me giggle and LOL in my car or while doing tasks on my honey to-do list. Honey-do list. Uh, perfect blend of game review. Team tactics talk, overall league analysis re- slash review, as well as utter nonsensical banter. Super fun and the perfect amount of content slash episode length. Always smile when an episode appears on my feed by JTL, another North ATL dad on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate nice. it. That's a good one. What's next? 
Uh, let me go back. It's been so long since we've read any of these. I know, right? It's been a while. Keep them coming, guys. Uh, oh, crap. I did it wrong again. You lost it? No, I got it. I'm just... Uh, let's see here. It's weird because of the way I clicked on that one, and then I... Because some of them don't do the whole thing. Oh, here's a long one. I'll let you do that one. Oh, geez. Okay. Um... The review is the best. Five stars. <laughs> says, disclaimer, this is the first review I've ever left on iTunes. With that being said, this is hands down one of my favorite sports podcasts. Each week, these guys bring analysis and insight on all things Atlanta United, all while throwing in a dose or few of non-related banter that keeps the conversation entertaining. This is the only podcast I have alerts set for and truly look forward to week after week. Thank you guys for keeping my commutes and long runs enjoyable and keep up the great work. And that's from Runs Trails. I'm looking forward to the one star review wait, 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 wait. from Golden Stein. Runs Trails? Runs Trails. Oh, Runs Trails. Runs Trails. Meant like runs with a T. <laughs> yeah. It's you like know, if like, you want a five star review from that guy, you can take that. Can we one. all can we all agree that banana <laughs> runs run? trails? No, he just a runner. Okay. Oh, Even yeah. worse. Okay. Can we all agree that banana runs are the worst? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. <laughs> it's just My fucking man. awful. My man. Yeah. <laughs> just awful. Yeah. 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 Um and then is this no that's No, you gotta go back. Gotta go back. Sorry, don't cut your fingers on my phone. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is tough. It's gonna be tough to not do that. Um, and then Should there's the one, one more. Yeah, uh, ATL United fan for life. Four stars out of five. I'll take oh, it. Okay. I'll take it. it. Says love the detail highlights and causal. Uh, okay. C a u s a l. Yeah. Keep it up, Atlanta United not FC for life. Uh, that's Globe Trekker. Yeah, I like it. I yeah. want to know what the uh, why he took a star away from you. I should have let you read that one. Yeah, especially with a <laughs> fake word in it. I would even causal. What, uh, what what does that what is that? What wait? Say it again. I think I think they were talk. I think he was meaning like, okay, love the detailed. I think it was supposed to be love the detail highlights and causal. Keep up. Atlanta United. I think he's probably started trying it's casual. Yeah. I think it's like oh, I like the detailed highlights yeah, and yeah, casual yeah, atmosphere yeah. Right. kind of deal. Keep right. Oh, wait a minute. I've we never do this, but we do get YouTube comments. Um we got a YouTube comment last week. <laughs> yes. Right before Campione's Dude, cut. while I was sleeping. So I'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. <laughs> on on the episode with for the culture zone, Grego. Um by Mr. Luis de Leon regarding the Campiones Cup. You have no chance of winning men versus boys. And then went so far as to put his wow. put a YouTube video of the team traveling to Atlanta. To that I'd like to respond, more like men versus giants. Yes. Ooh. Ooh, that'll <laughs> tell him. Yeah. I'll tell him. Hombres a gigantes. <laughs> Uh, you aim for the king, you best not miss. Yes. Yeah. It's, yes, it's good. good to be the king. Any um, Omar Little reference gets a pat on the back from me. What you got? Voicemails? Yeah, we got one. You gonna fuck it up? Yep. Definitely are. Cool. Keep it up. Delete it. There we go. What's going on, guys? Alright, so we're gonna keep rolling with the general theme I've had in my most recent phone calls. Uh and if you could put Frank DeBoer and anything on the sideline to emphasize his sexiness, what would he be wearing? I'll talk to you guys later. Mm. What was the question? I got distracted. If you could put Frank DeBoer in 
in any clothing attire to make him look the most sexy, what would it be? Whatever he was wearing against Portland. He was, had no socks he, on with some yeah. loafers and some... I like when he goes, he has the maroon. Like a cowl next I like when he goes with the maroon, with the maroon shirt. I think that looks good. He's a great dresser. Dude, I think he could yeah. just do one of these in his closet. <laughs> you that can really tell he loves good. himself by the way that he dresses. He really loves himself. Yeah, you know, I could see not, that. I, that's not a criticism. Men, you men know? like Frank DeBoer give me confidence that I might be able to hold this thing together and make a run at it. Because it's not often you see... <laughs> make a run at it. <laughs> like, make a run at looking halfway decent later in oh, life. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Inspiration. Like, it's, it's tough as you get older. Coming from somebody that just got a year older. It's Yeah, Kevin's birthday was on Monday. That's uh, why we didn't record. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Because Tim didn't want to celebrate. <sighs> Remember, hey, hey, some of you old homies... Uh, with what before the battery died, um, Brittany S, Joe Johnstone, Domer. I, I know Dan will remember it if Dan's listening. Oh, fuck remember off. a couple years ago when we did a whole birthday celebration on air for Tim's birthday? Because Tim's birthday is just a couple weeks away. Whoa. I'll make sure that everybody remembers, wishes him a happy birthday. I'm going to do it big just to rub it in because nice. that's the kind of person I am, and our friendship's built on guilt. So, um, uh, Guilt not built. Hashtag guilt not built. <laughs> <laughs> that's our, that's, that's, that pretty much wraps up the past fifteen years in our in our past. Uh, but no, Tim, Tim had a, another schedule conflict on my birthday, um, which I'll allow. So we I took we not my only wife didn't celebrate, but we also didn't record. So I'll allow it. I, I took my <laughs> wife to go see Hart and Brandy Carlisle, and meanwhile broke mine. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh um, man! But yeah, it, it's good to see Frank DeBoer give me some faith that I might be able I to. Like that, yeah, yeah. He does it's like give, oh, give hope to us uh, every year. I'm like, oh, it's getting harder to keep this thing together. Does anybody older than my age ever look decent? And then people like Frank DeBoer. The thing make is, me... I think he was always good looking. Yeah, that's this the is problem this is have. what's demoralizing. <laughs> what's this? This, <laughs> this is what's demoralizing <laughs> to me. Good head of hair. This guy, so he's got it all. So this guy is in his late forties, mid forties. Yeah, he looks better than I've ever looked in my life. <laughs> like that's that's demoralizing. That's yeah. not inspiring. Okay. That's a good point. I guess there's two sides to this. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Up. Is does Frank DeBoer's sexiness inspire you, or does it, uh, or does it uh, make you want to give up? I think, was, I think this is a whole psychology report on how we both view life. <laughs> it's true. Interesting. It's very we'll, true. We'll let the this is the longest episode that. we've had in a long time. It's been it's because been well it was good. I want it to end. Yeah. It's been well worth it. Yeah. yeah, it's been good. I don't want it to end either. But so as it's ending, uh, where can everybody find you and Mouse of the South yeah. and Eric if they really care yeah. to? You can find uh, me at Josh B nine one four. You can uh, find the podcast at MOTS Podcast, and you can find our other two co-hosts. You got Eric at Eric G Quintana. Tweet him. He's in uh, Uruguay right now, seeing his family. We have to keep him there or just far, far away, however we can, however we might do it to save our club. And then also Sam Franco, who I uh, recorded with yesterday with Eric out of the country, is at at Sam J. Franco. And we usually record on Wednesdays, um, but since Eric's out of the country, it was great to come on with you beautiful people. And, uh, yeah, we got to do it again soon. This was fun. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, man. My pleasure. Thanks Um, for having me. You can find all of us collectively at Home Before Dark. That's before, spelled B and the number four. 
Keep those reviews, ratings, stars, thumbs up, thumbs down, low stars, subscribing, whatever. Keep them coming. Uh, if you leave a rating or a review on iTunes, uh, we'll read it aloud on the show. We can't really read ratings, but uh, helps nonetheless. <laughs> we only get we we only need what sixteen, seventeen more to reach our goal yeah, of two hundred this year. Yeah. So uh, we're getting there. We only got a couple more weeks of the regular season, so um, keep them coming. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, however you did, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Pocket Casts, YouTube, however you found us. We love the hell out of you. Those of you that tune into the trap each and every week, we love you too. Uh, on Twitter, wherever. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. As always, be home before dark. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.